You said your sister-in-law killed a man and a woman here and cut them up? You said they found hands and feet, but they never found any heads. So we Two. are back, but you're still singing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Andy. I had to finish it. What are you singing? The well, Kitty from Presidents of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. But I was gonna say the Kitty rap and scratch me through my jeans. Outside. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Welcome back. Hi. And um, welcome back. <laughs> So go ahead. Uh, go ahead with the episode. Yeah. No riffraff. No. No malarkey. That just makes me uh, think of um, Rocky Horror. Does it? Yeah. Why? Because the um, butler is, his name's Riffraff. Oh. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. It just makes me think that no riffraff is like, oh, he's not here. Mm. Anyway. Episode 125. This is the tale of a bloody palm print. 125? Yes. Right on. I feel like I'm always off with the number. Starting with a sigh is a good sign. Oh, I just meant I just, uh, I always feel like I'm wrong with the number. Because at this point, it's like, how are we at 125? Oh, okay. I got that you. I thought thing. you were saying you're going to be wrong with something that's about to happen. I was like, well, then why did you write it down? No. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to be wrong. Who knows? We're talking about the Wild West or the Old West. Because suck it, Josh. Shout out, Josh. <laughs> uh, this one, I just I came across it. I was looking for kind of a shorter one just because our time limit was a little less um, this weekend and next weekend. And so I uh, just decided to go with this one. So instead of not putting an episode out, because we're too busy. Yeah. You put a shorter one out. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And um, Josh doesn't like the Old West ones, but, you know. I'm sure there's other people that do not like old ones. That's fine, but they're fun for me and you, I assume. So, you know, I, I like history. So I, uh, I like them. I, don't I really, like it. I don't really mind. I just take, take all the stories and we see what happens. Well, this one is about the tail end of the wild west the old west or the american frontier whatever you want to call it all three mean the same thing well was the wild west reserved for every part i'm sure it was just wild and so the it refers to the time period the wild west is not specific to area it refers Mm. to well it is but it refers to the time period from when the settlement of the European colonists colonists came, so the 1700s, uh-huh. um, in early 1700s, and it ends with the admission of the areas into statehood in 1912. Got it. So technically, from early 1700s to 1912, that time period is considered American frontier. And the Old West, Wild West part of it is specific to 1850 to 1910 in the Southern West part of the United States. So Arizona, Texas, 
Oklahoma. Cowboy. Cow- exactly, exactly. Um, and so basically it's the cultural expression for the wave of American expansion. So technically the Wild West is the 1850 to the 1910 time period with the American frontier being the um, early 1700s to 1912. Got it. So basically... The reason why we know about the Wild West or the Old West time period is because it became a really big um, genre of interest. One, because we're one of the only countries that has like detailed records of this, of time periods like this, where we're settling the country. Yeah. You know, that's like, I mean, because our country is within a reasonable time period. That's a good point. I've never thought about that. I mean, again, 1912, that's a hundred, a little over a hundred years ago. And think about the fact, and, and I'll say it later, but put that in perspective of the fact that the Titanic sunk the same year that technically the Wild West ended. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting to look at it in that perspective. Kind of like when you look at Helen Keller and um, Martin Luther King, that they were the same age, but you think of them as d- different time periods. Yeah, I saw a thing on Instagram that said uh, they could both of them could still be alive yeah i'm pretty sure that they were the same age as ruth bader's Gin- ruth bader ginsburg it may i may be wrong on who they were saying it was crazy she definitely old as f- old but still could be alive um but uh but anyway yeah i mean like that's the kind of thing where it's it's we we kind of grew this interest because we kind of we still had the we still had the relics of the old west or american frontier moving into you know the the great expansion of our country where we became industrialized like 19 1912 1920 think about 1920 to 1930 that time period so if somebody was born technically in the old west you know time period then they they're just becoming of age in the 1920s, 1930s. So it's it's just interesting to think of it in that perspective. So, of course, that's why we have a whole genre of film, TV shows, novels, comic books, video games, toys, costumes, whatever, in the Western style. I wonder why. I just said why. No, no, no. I mean, like, <laughs> uh, I wonder why, like, well, specifically, like, TV and, um, like, toys and shit. Like, I wonder <laughs> why... Well, I get it that it's interesting because we were settling, but what made it so appealing? I think because you have, it's very cut and dry. The stories are very cut and dry. You can tell cop and robber stories. You can tell Indian and cowboy stories. You can tell, yeah, good and bad or... I guess half the work was done for you. Mm -hmm. When people were writing and you were making these, these guys like... The Lone Ranger. Yeah. What? Whoa. Cool. That sounds cool. What's that about? It's uh, you know, he's a he's a cowboy. Yeah. And um, there's other guys. But yeah. I mean, basically, just, he's a cowboy. Just think about the fact that we're still remaking movies like about Jesse James. In his like. Yeah, people do love that time period. Yeah. Like if they made a new Tombstone, I'm sure a ton of people would. I mean, when I'd, I I'd see it, I I think a lot of it's 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 the part of American history that we can. I guess you can't technically... Well, I guess you can be okay with it because you're just kind of killing whoever. It was kind of like a free-for-all. 
Maybe Whereas that's like also why it's so you appealing. can't really uh you can't really romanticize the colonial time period because we had slaves. Preach. So it kind of just seems like it's the only time period that we yeah, can kind I'll, of have like when pride that's in. Depicted, you see that, but yeah. then when you see uh these settling areas depicted yeah the native americans but then it's also but if you look at a western then like sometimes they just omit the settling section and they just talk about like being part of the an old west town or something so you know it's like it is kind of still an iffy time period but if you're if you're focusing on like a you know like a django type story it's like they don't get into the fact that there are people settling lands right now by killing massively killing native americans yeah but you so it's like something you can if you take like if you again take the cops and robbers or the cowboy story or whatever it may be then you can make a really interesting story out of it and take pride in in the history of your country um so i think that's just a a great reason why either like americana yeah exactly it basically said there it's some uh this was a quote i found from this writer who said that the frontier is a quote tale of conquest but also one of survival persistence and the merging of people and cultures that gave birth and continuing life to america so by 1890 virgin farmland was increasingly hard to find um there was still some being advertised in eastern montana and nearly 600,000 americans sought cheap land in the canadian west from 1897 to 1914 but two-thirds of that group ended up returning to the lower united states after realizing that they were pretty disillusioned on living in canada it's too cold (laughs) yeah definitely not a time period uh that they want to be up there especially when um you know south it was kind of uh you know much warmer there were lands until of course 1890 um at that point america was mainly settled there was very little unsettled land it would suck ass to be those people that are trying trying to get here make it happen and you just miss it yeah it's like what yeah everyone else got a hundred acres for seven dollars yeah but i get fucked yeah i can't even get Oh, anger. Because I was riding a mule yeah. instead of a horse. Yeah. Rats. Yep. So there were a couple things um, in 1912 about the wild slash old west that hadn't quite died, even if, again, the time period is the same year that the Titanic sunk. So it's, again, really interesting to think about the stuff we know about the Titanic. Like, of course the movie has some dramatized effects, but the like costuming and all of that, you have that in one part of the country. And then you have like literally cowboys in another part. can't believe he thinks I'm a cowboy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I really am. Shit. What was I going to say? Yeah. But if you think about it, if you put any of those people in a saloon, yeah, it, it would still look work. crazy out of place. Yeah, like yeah. You have the, like the three piece. It's just a you kind watch. of think it's a different time. Yeah. Well, I guess again, when you think of it, when you're just thinking of one one area or one situation, 
Well, yeah, you think about a, a wagon. Yeah. And like some horses <laughs> yeah. and a cow. Yeah. And then you think about the Titanic with electricity. Yeah. And a gym. <laughs> yeah. And fine dining. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hold on, what? The same time. Yeah. So, um, though there was, uh, the, 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 though there wasn't any more unclaimed land, um, there was still plenty of isolated communities that had been set up by that point. So, you know, even like you're saying, like somebody scooped up a hundred acres somewhere and beyond that hundred acres is this town that you technically have to get through from this dude's land or something and so he sells it to the city and then they create a road but that's the only way to get there so it's like even though again there's not land for you to gobble up now there's still plenty of isolated communities because the land is so vast because there were tons of people who just got shit tons of land yeah so how are you really even marking it back then it's like couldn't you just set up in an area that's like really not fucked with and then they finally just show up one day and it's like I thought this was me. No, no, no. This is me. Yeah. No, this is uh, this whole... You see that fence? You see the dog? <laughs> that's where my shit... Yeah, that's where your shit ends. Yeah, I mean, I would assume that as soon as you get the parameters, if you can, you would just start marking stuff somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Though, yeah, it seems pretty easy to be like, if he's got a hundred some acres, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to be over here in the part that he never looks at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Good old days. Yeah. Um, One of the isolated communities, um, some of which are still open today, but in 1916, one of the communities was called uh, Jahabitch. Jahabitch. It's uh, it's a, there's a, um, there's an indigenous word for devil, Mm -hmm. which is some word that i won't know how to say it's you know it's like t-w-a-e-e-b-i-a-c-e-h something got it this is like the bastardized way of saying that word Mm -hmm. and the way it's spelled is b or um, excuse me j-a-r-b-i-d-g-e so it looks like jarbage but it's said Jahabich. This is fucking Jabich. Yeah. Hot Jabich. I may be wrong on that pronunciation, and but that's how are. I heard it. And it's a again a word that I'm definitely it's a it's a bastardized term anyway. But most people say Jarbridge. So I didn't say that. <laughs> anyway, Jahabich is what I'm gonna say. Jahabich. Uh, so it's located in Nevada. It's um, one of the state's most isolated communities. It's located within the Jahabich Canyon, Canyon, which runs along the river of the same name, about a hundred miles north of um, Elko, Nevada, and sixty-five miles south of um, uh, Rogerson. Idaho. So the town actually sits about 10 miles north of the Idaho-Nevada border. Excuse me. South of the um, Idaho-Nevada border. But the closest railroad station was 65 miles away. From Jahabich. Jahabich. Mm-hmm. Say it fast. Jahabich. Jahabich. Where's uh, Jahabich? <laughs> it's by the Jahabich <laughs> Canyon. Where's the Jahabich Canyon? Yeah, apparently. It's by the Jahabich 
River. Apparently, and the and the mountain chain is also called Jahabich. <laughs> so the fact that everyone calls it Jarbridge is probably like just jarring to these people because they're like, we have like fifteen things named after this, mm-hmm. just just in like maps alone, and you guys are saying it wrong every time. It's like saying uh, uh, Staunton, Staunton, Staunton. Um, anyway, it's Dan. Uh, <laughs> um, legally, they're in the Pacific time zone, but they unofficially observe the mountain time zone due to being closer to and having a greater connection with the towns in um, southern Idaho. So Idaho is on uh, mountain time. Technically, Nevada is supposed to be on Pacific time, but this, again, they're 10 miles from the border. So yeah. they're like, we're not going to be in a different time zone when you can, like, we drive 10 miles into town to get groceries. I thought you closed at six. <laughs> we did close at six. It's not six. R6. Yeah, exactly. So the town was founded thanks to a gold rush. It was open for operation basically as a tent city in 1909 because it was so quick that the gold rush happened and it brought around 1500 people to that area to the area that year so it was like so many people at once there had been nothing in that area at at before and then the, they found gold so they just like so people were just in setting tents. up tents yeah so they can mine it yeah so um the winter was severe. The snowdrifts were they were noted at being 18 feet tall. And by the spring of 1910, the population had reduced to just a few hundred. They were like, fuck this place. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, um, again, I think I've mentioned the fact that this, the uh, Jahabich is a derivative of an um, indigenous word for the term devil but what i did not say was that devil was um what they coined it because the natives thought that the the mountains were haunted the, why the woods were haunted and i guess the noise is coming from it maybe um okay. it's in a canyon canyon so maybe there's a weird i don't know think so yeah i don't know you there's see someone that's so in tuned with nature would be like well oh, that's the th- those are birds or a giant cat or a ghost or a ghost um yeah but i mean the like natives were very uh spiritual spiritual yeah i mean it's probably uh especially if you've never heard like if you don't understand what a man bear pig si- smells in, like in science sounds like yeah mm-hmm. no i was gonna say if you don't know science you touch it and there's science. Yeah, and then your hair stands and up. And then you know science. If you, you know don't it. know science, then yeah, a lot of things would be very weird for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that would be one of them. Like, you know, a weird, like the way our door slams downstairs when the windows open up here and it's windy. If you didn't understand that it's because the air, the current a ghost. From, from the open window, you would be like, why does that happen? That's a dumb example, but whatever. Moving on. (laughs) In many of the isolated communities, nothing about the turn of the century changed for them because technology advances were very slow to reach them anyway, including um, Jahabich. The town had one treacherous dirt road that led into the town, which is still the only way there. 
and the only means of communicate excuse me communication with the outside world was the united states mail stagecoach which did not run in the winter when snowdrifts were marked at being 20 to 30 feet tall, cutting the community off from the rest of the world for several weeks at a time. Oh, I thought you were just going to say they didn't run (laughs) there in the winter, period. Like it hits the month, whether it's snowing or not. It's like, nope, we don't do letters. Oh, no, they'll still go if they can get there. Like over, like building high. This is a 65 mile trek. Yeah. From this this town in And if it starts I, snowing, you're just fucked. Then you're trapped with them. Yeah. Yeah. Automobiles. Automobile. Had not made their way there yet. Horse and buggy was still the main mode of transportation. And Rogerson, um, Idaho, was again 65 miles north. With the... Being the closest railroad town, um, the wagon, the town had recently gotten a new wagon driver, this guy named Fred Searcy, who made round trips from Idaho to deliver the mail and collect payroll for the community of Jahabich. So he like rode a- 65 miles to pick their mail up and then rode back 65 miles to drop it off. He's like a long haul trucker. Mm-hmm. Hey. A trucking life. Even though 65 miles wouldn't be shit for a trucker now, right? Well, obviously not, but it'd yeah. be horrible. Well, it'd be the worst then. Dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> I gotta wake my ass up three o'clock in the morning. Hit the road, bud. So I'll be back in four days. <laughs> I'll be back in three weeks. I gotta head down the road. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so today, Jahabich still has no paved ro- roads within 20 miles of the town. It's still an unimproved uh, road in and out of the city. It's usually open all year. Every now and then it gets blocked during the winter. Uh, there are two other ways into the town now, but they are not maintenance during the winter and they are often closed from October to June due to heavy uh, snowfall. So I mean, so it's, how are people living there? This, the pretty much they live there and they don't leave. That's what I mean. But how how do you get? I guess you have to like nowadays. There's how do you get supplies? Uh, less for than a hundred people living there, and so it seems like it's more of a survivalist community. Hmm. Yeah. All righty. Yeah. Um. Probably still have someone. I mean, again. They, I'm sure there's a town closer now. They're saying that there's no paved road w- within 20 miles. So at some point, somebody was like, "I'm gonna pave this fucking road because yeah. this is bullshit." So there's at least a house near within 20 miles of the place instead of 65. But <clears throat> so because of the isolation, the town still operated in Wild West terms. Had they had horse th- thefts. Petty larcenies. Um, one such criminal was this guy named Ben Cool. He had been born in Michigan and jailed in California already once in 1903. And he recently finished doing time for horse theft in Oregon when he made his way to Jahabich, where he lived in the tent city with two other drifters, this guy named Ed Becker, or excuse me, Ed Beck, and another guy named Billy McGraw, which I can only think of is Tim McGraw from Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights? Yeah. Can't catch the goddamn football. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben worked at the OK Mine as a cook for about one month before he was fired for attempting to jump another man's mining claim ticket. So steal his ticket to get his money. Mm-hmm. 
um, and was arrested for trespassing when he was caught back on site and charged with the crime in the town of Jahabich. So Ben sought other ways to find money because, of course, he's living in a tent and he can't work at the mine, which is the whole reason he's there. On a cold, snowy evening in December of 1916, Fred, the guy that drove the mail truck, was on his way back from Idaho. Um, Again, he'd only been doing this job for a couple weeks, and he obviously already had uh, regrets because he's doing it in December, and it's already snowing. Awful. Yeah. So um, it, the there was this woman named Rose um, Dexter. Her house like faced the the road or whatever, and she said she would see him go by just like completely. Like you couldn't see his face. Like you could see like this. Like his head was so wrapped up, you could just barely see or make out where his eyes were. I wonder what kind of money he was making for doing this. Probably Probably not, not much, much more, right? but I guess it's like, well, do I want to work in the mine and die early or that's true. At least you're out he, here. It's fresh air. Yeah. If it's Someone summer, it's you. fine. But December yeah. and he just started. It oh, would be homie. lovely uh, in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, Nevada. If you didn't get robbed. Gorgeous. Well, we're about to get there. Okay. <laughs> um, so already had second thoughts. Um, and it's just the beginning of winter. Fred rode along again with himself. He just had one wagon. It was strapped to two horses. He had the town's mail, and he was also carrying the payroll for the mining company, which is about $4,000. Nowadays, that's almost $100,000. All right. Around the time, um, Rose Dexter, again, she's the local resident's, uh, resident she said that she heard a sound that she described as a gunshot and checked the time which she said was six thirty. she said she stopped at the window to think to herself that it was a little early for the local boys to be celebrating they would normally do so when they got their payroll they just start shooting just excited that they have money i guess Yeehaw! <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> Um, and they, she said she pondered for a moment what the sound could be before she saw the stage wagon roll past a few minutes later and, you know, just kind of summed it up to, I don't know, somebody, I guess, just shot a gun. Uh, it's payday. It's payday. Um, though, ooh, always doing that with my computer. But the wagon never made it to town. By 9 p.m., the postmaster, Scott, he phoned the station in Idaho and was like, hey, where the fuck is Fred? And they're like, he left a long time ago. Like, a lot. It's a 65 mile track. He left hours ago. Fred then called Rose, because of course she's their like point on the on the road. And she said, Yeah, I saw the stage wagon go by almost three hours before, which her house to town is not, it's not three hours worth of a ride yeah i mean i don't know how fast a wagon how far do you think a wagon a horse and wagon in a mile per mile uh like what's the per mile speed well how fast could you go 65 (laughs) miles that's what i was trying to figure out i would assume they're two horses like trotting that thing's probably going like five miles an hour Okay. Maybe 10. I doubt 10. I don't know. Like if he's like cooking it. They're two horses. Yeah. But with just like a normal like trot. So you're not like drawing the shit out of yourself. Yeah. On an unpaved road. I mean, you think, just think about 
seeing that shit. Yeah, but movies, I'm saying like, like three hours from her house, even let's say it's a mile. I don't know if it's a mile or not. I know it's I know it. it's at least a mile. Okay. So we'll say we'll say mile, we'll say two miles just to be generous. Her two miles, three hours, two miles from town, three hours. That seems like okay more than enough time for him to get there. Yeah. That's def- what I'm saying. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. So the, of course everyone's like questioning that. So the town forms a small search party pretty much because the entire town's like, where's the fuck is where's my our money? Shit? Yeah. Um, many, I'm trying to shoot. I'm trying to shoot <laughs> yeah. my gun. <laughs> many men show up at the post office to help with the search. Uh, it takes more than an hour to find the stage wagon, which they find less than a quarter of a mile from town the horses were unattended and they were they had wandered over um to a small area under a bunch of willow trees on the seat of the wagon was a snow-covered body wrapped in a blanket which was later determined to be fred so poor fred yeah he's he was 33 damn had this job for a couple weeks and damn yeah at first, they thought that Fred had just froze to death, but then they realized he had been shot in the head at a very close range, as they said that his scalp and hair had powder burns. Damn. So they could, like, feel it when they pulled his hair. Um, so they said that um, they had to put an end to the investigation that night because the snowstorm, which had already dumped four feet of snow that evening raged on with no signs of letting up so they were like well we have to go before we freeze to death they returned to town with the intentions of investigating the next morning and um basically what they summed up to was that fred had been approaching town was rounding the final curve when one of two robbers jumped onto the wagon from the hiding spot that they had and fatally shot fred with a 44 revolver the two men then stopped the stagecoach, uh, removed the money in mailbags. They or they removed the mailbag, which of course had the money in it. Took the mail pouch, uh, the money pouch, left the mail pouch before they wrapped Fred in the blanket, propped him up, and then sent the wagon on its way into the town, letting the horses guide it. Because of course the horses knew what they were doing. They also found human and dog footprints in the snow, which led down to the river and found a bloody shirt laying on the bank of the um, the ground of the banks nearby. They brought a dog in to kind of sniff and search for the money bag. Mm-hmm. And this dog quickly finds an area near the bloody shirt digs and unburies the second bag like within seconds of being on site so a lot of people were like mm, is that dog in on it yeah because you he went talk- right to it did you talk to that dog <laughs> yeah did you talk to those horses too <laughs> yeah so um many believe that fred was in on the crime and was killed because he disputed the money being s- how it was going to be split Oh. Uh, though he got shot in the back of the head, so. Hmm. In the top back of the head, so. It Who knows? It seems like, I don't know, I mean. I could see either way. Yeah, I could um, too. We don't know anything about Fred, We don't so, know anything about Fred, you know, except not, that that he's job dead. definitely sucks yeah. the fattest You know dick, what? Especially uh, in the winter. I kind of so would, like, uh, I would kind of think maybe he would do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to run Fred's potential good name through the mud yeah but it's a possibility it's a possibility if i'm thinking of it 
in my <clears throat> mind, it's a good possibility. Yeah, I mean, that job sucks. Yeah, you're And right. it's only going to suck for More. months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas $4,000 split between three people at that time, it's a good... I would assume you could, like, build a house, buy 10 acres, like, a couple horses. Yeah. Everything, everything you've ever you want with, yeah. like with like a thousand dollars because that's much. how it rolled back exactly. then exactly so um again many questioned the dog and the dog's owners they said that not only did the dog go straight for the money patch but the dog's prints matched the ones that had been left in the snow did you talk to that dog too <laughs> oh i talked to him what do you think about what, what kind of vibe do you, are you getting from him i don't like it stinks stinks Almost too quickly, the blame was placed on Ben, Ed, and uh, Will, uh, William, and um, <clears throat> they were arrested. Because he had already tried to take someone's fucking ticket? Pretty, pretty much. I, yeah. And I that mean, wasn't that long before this, right? No, it was like right before this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, they were... We have a suspect. Um, you know, drifters. They weren't from there. Yeah, they definitely had three suspects. Again, Ben, Ed, and Billy. I think I called him William, but Billy is what he liked to go by. Is that the name of the dog? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they found a forty-four ivory-handled revolver in the possession of the three men. Ben claimed his innocence the entire time. Um, they said that they had been in the saloon in town, which witnesses confirmed, but no one could actually t- say exactly what time they were there. And they, the only thing that witnesses did confirm was that Ben left for about an hour, which authorities said, well, he could have committed this crime in an hour. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so basically the, the witnesses testimonies were meaningless and the, again, prosecution pointed that Ben still could have committed the crime. Um, if no one could specifically place him at the saloon during the time it happened and he had left for upwards of an hour. Uh, things went from bad to worst when they, of course, brought up Ben's trespassing charges and the long list of other charges he had racked up in California and Oregon. Though what would be considered circumstantial now, the damning evidence against Ben was a bloody palm print on an envelope, which two forensic scientists linked to Ben specifically. So they said that he is the only person that could have left that print. Mm -hmm. After an 18-day trial, the verdict was finally handed down. Uh, Ben was given a sentence of death only choice he was given was how to die. This took 18 days to wrap up. Yeah. What are we doing in yeah, there? exactly. Ben ultimately decided he wanted to die by firing squad. Damn. Uh, yes. What were his options? Firing squad or hanging. Oh, man. That is a tough one. I guess I probably would rather be shot, too. Yeah. Yeah. Though I would just be like, everyone shoot him in the legs and dick. <laughs> That's inhumane. Oh, is it? I think. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So eventually his sentence was commuted to death before he was, er, excuse me, life beca- uh, before he was executed. Ed and Billy both received life sentences, each turning state's witnesses against Billy or against Ben, and all three ended up in Nevada State Prison together in October of 1917. Ben was released 28 years later in May 19... 
uh, May of 1945. At the time, he had served more time than any other prisoner in the Nevada state history and would go on to be noted as the first person convicted of a crime based on a palm print. Uh, Billy served... Um, he was released within 10 months of his sentencing, and Ed got out within six years, even though both were charged with life. Damn. Again, they turned state's witness, and they were never, there was nothing to ever link them to it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much just because they, they the were, print. they had the palm print to quote unquote link Ben, yeah. and they found the gun. So mm-hmm. technically, you could place it all on Ben. They just kind of. Which they pretty much did. Yeah. So they just tried to get. I mean, they so did. Why, did, why they, did he eventually get out? Um, because it's kind of well, because the, I think by the time he got out in 1945, it was deemed that the evidence against him was circumstantial. I mean, mm. it is pretty. It's pretty weak sauce that his that you're going on this like kind of smeared palm print. Like if you look at it, it's a little smeared. Mm -hmm. It's like you, you may be able to get it definite now because of computer, because of again, science, but in technology, but we don't have, you know, in 1916, they didn't have that. Um, So I think that he was just let out because again, he was almost sentenced to death for this and there's no, no, real evidence that points towards him if anything it points towards the dog that's what i've been thinking the whole time the whole time i mean he knew where the money bag was said prince in the snow huh prince i don't like it he probably placed the bloody shirt there so that he said bent up that's it Mm -hmm. the dog did it take a look at this spin dr (laughs) nicks None of the funds were ever recovered. Ben never admitted to the crime or the existence of the money being buried anywhere. Um, None of it was found on him or the other two when they were arrested. And eventually he was even offered a reduction in time in prison if he provided the location of the money. And he never backed down and claimed innocence until death. It's believed that Ben passed away within six to ten months of his release in 1945 from either pneumonia or tuberculosis. So more than likely, he was also released just because he was on death's door. Where's this money? It's never been found. Oh. Today, the town of Jahabich uh, is even smaller. Again, population is under 100. Many of the buildings from the time period are still standing, including the jail where they held Ben. Interesting. Yeah, It's considered the last male stagecoach stagecoach robbery in the history of the United States, and there's a plaque on the jail that commemorates this. Wow. Yeah. And that is the tale. Hmm. We done. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, again, not really one where it's one of those where you can't. I I understand why Josh hates these because it's like, well, I don't really feel much about it. They're not screwed up enough for him. Yeah. But it's also like one of those where, in my opinion, I like the history part of it. And it's like, well, it's like that, that, you know, the fact that this dude did time in jail for, uh, evidence which now you know which again a later is deemed circumstantial which now would even maybe even be questionable about you being used also unless the, your, yeah. your prints show up in the database the stagecoach thing being the last uh, you get out in the 40s people are like oh 
God damn, you were in jail for almost 30 years? What'd you do? Robbed a stagecoach. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay, yeah. But I guess that, you know, for like kids or like a 10, 15 year old would be like, what did you do? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> like, that's what I think's interesting too. It's like, because of the time period, it's like just at the turn there. Where Actually, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, no, 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 no. You can go ahead. No, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just saying, I just thought the, the time period, because it's at the turn where we're talking about like, again, stagecoach where he gets out in 45 which isn't that i mean he you know it's not that he wouldn't be that much older i mean it's 30 years but i'm saying like enough that uh that it wouldn't be like it's not like him getting like out like 50 60 years later and being in a whole world that he doesn't know he, he, probably, he doesn't know he's not familiar a hundred percent with the world yeah that's being presented against him but the world itself isn't that different i wonder how long people had wagons <laughs> after cars were getting more and more popular because obviously there's always been yeah poor people like yeah we're poor as shit we would definitely be whipping a wagon yeah. if it was at Absolutely. that I feel at that time. Like probably even in the 40s and maybe the what, 50s. Um, how old is uh, or 40s? What year? I know uh, Grandma was the tw- like ni- 29, right? 20 something. 20 I think. something. What was Papa? Uh, probably somewhere in the same ballpark, I think. I think she was younger than her, right? Like 30s? A little bit. I feel like they probably had a wagon. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what they, I'm I mean, they had like one bathtub. Well, also I'm thinking outside <laughs> or something like but that. But also, right? like you think about f- like 45 mm-hmm. cars have been out for a while. You could probably get a pretty dumpy car. Oh yeah. So yeah, definitely. I would assume that's probably. I'd be interested to know when things were fully phased out mm-hmm. and how late people didn't have a car yeah but still function like you need a car like oh all right time to take four and a half hours getting to town and back yeah i like that we say stuff like that when we like commonly see people driving a horse and buggy yeah because we that's live near a different community yeah you're right because it's just like oh there's a mennonite i'm just gonna drive around you <laughs> but then they have like turn signals yeah it's like well we're why do you have a little piece of it powered? Yeah. Well, I guess Why not just they're power the hit, maybe? Power the wheels. <laughs> you should be tired of going so slow. But isn't it a thing where if they if they have it on wheels, like if they power it, then they can't drink, right? Because can they get DUIs? I have no idea. I don't think so. I don't think so because the horse. I don't is... think so either. <laughs> I have to ask Katrina. Uh, cause I think because the horses are technically driving, I think you can still get a DUI with a horse. You can get a DUI if you're, you're, if you're driving driving a horse with a wagon, if you're steering, I think with a wagon, I don't know if you can get a DUI while riding a horse because you're, you're not really doing anything, (laughs) but you're kind of controlling if he's pulling like a shitty car behind him. Is it Mennonites or is it Jehovah's Witness? Or not Jehovah's Witness. uh, Mennonites. It is Mennonites. Yeah. Not um, 
Hasidic Jews. That's what I was thinking. No. No, no, no. They just they both just get wasted like one night a week. But I don't really know. Um, I don't know a lot about it. I do know that that you think someone they, gets drunk and lets the horse take them. You home. think they're not driving cars so they can get wasted and drive their horse home? <laughs> I'm asking. Oh, I don't think that's why. Okay. But I mean, maybe. It's just a thought. But even with the way these like bicycle, I guess we're getting out of the murder stuff now. Uh, who cares? Yeah. It's over. It's over. Well, real quick, the way these fucking bird scooters are, you could have like four bird, like one bird could be powering each wheel. You could have that much of juice. That's and true. And you'd probably still be shitting it and getting it quicker than having a fart machine pull you around. Yeah, it's true. And it shits in like a basket thing. That's It's like a trough. Yeah, it's weird. So it just takes this hot shit in front of your face as you're cruising down the road. Uh, well, because everyone hates you if you let it shit on the road. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> anywho. Why is that here? <laughs> <laughs> Darn. <laughs> Anyways, well, that's it. We'll wrap um, her up. Next We're talking week, about shit and wagons. Yeah, that's fine. Next week, I will not do an Old West story, but it will be more entertaining. I already have finished it. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, wow. I knew I w- what I was going to do. So it's kind of, this one was kind of a, uh, again, one of those where it's like, I, I just, we didn't have a lot of time and I'm trying to get to next week. So yeah. We're still staying consistent. I still like it. I think it's interesting. I like it. I like it. Um, also. A lot of good wagon talk. A lot of good wagon talk. I'm going to have to wear my wagon skirt tomorrow. That's a good move. Yeah. My frontier lady skirt. Yeah. Your um, Oregon Trail yeah. shirt. Yeah. You killed two buffalo. <laughs> but you can only take one. Because <laughs> your wagon sucks. That's exactly what I think every time I wear that. <laughs> you ate too much buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> you're dead you're dead and your wagon sucks <laughs> someone took your horse and you're dead and you're dead <laughs> oh in your wagon sucks uh all right let's get the hell out of here thank you for listening this is tuesday yeah there's enough of a week left have a good rest of the week. Yes. And we'll see you at the next one. And for the Murder Up Radio listeners, we'll have some crispy shit out for you pretty soon. Yes. And um, we will be back for Daniel's birthday. Oh, yeah. I guess we could record on. Nope. Going to eat with my parents. That's fine. I'm just. Maybe uh, the day after. I'm we'll drawing see what attention to the fact that your birthday. It's soon. Is coming up. October boo boo. Boo boo. All right, folks. Bye. Peace out.